Hi, welcome back to the Temple Podcast. My name is Edward Pike, I'm the founder of the Temple. And this space is a space for really exploring everything that makes us human through the stories, the wisdom, the insight of some of the change makers of our time. So today we dive into the story, to the journey and the, the beautiful wisdom of Neil Seligman. So Neil is the founder of The Conscious Professional and he's a real pioneer in the mindfulness and conscious leadership movements. So he's also an author, he's authored two books, he's a trainer and a presenter and a photographer and an artist as you'll see. So many things, many strings to his bow. And what I, I love about Neil is that he really embodies and, and has this this deep sense of bringing these two worlds together the world of the artist of you know the more intuitive spiritual esoteric with the the corporate and the business and structure and that makes for a very powerful um, state and a very powerful invitation for all of us to 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 bring balance to those aspects of ourselves so the way that Neil does that is through the the concept of conscious leadership which as you'll see is really beautiful and really brings in, brings through a lot of spiritual principles and spiritual ideas in a way that is accessible, that is practical and that really gives responsibility to each individual and leader. So I really invite you to take this podcast in. You might want to write some notes, you might want to journal about uh, what is shared. Really allow it to kind of you know, to, to weave its way through your conscious and unconscious minds and to move you and to kind of generate perhaps new inspiration and new ideas and, and new ways of being and uh, thinking and of leading. So without further ado, I introduce you to Neil Seligman. Sit back, relax and enjoy the podcast. Hello. Hi. Hi. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Good nice to, to be here with you. Yeah. I'm looking forward to diving into the, this conversation and to, to share with the world this wisdom that you bring. I've been reading your book, Conscious Leadership, and I mean, I've been highlighting, <laughs> highlighting quite a few things, some of which I might read out to the listeners throughout the podcast. But I have many questions, and I'm just curious to, to yeah, to, to dive into this topic with you of you and your work, and what's led you to, to, to conscious leadership, and to all of the things that surround it. So, so maybe we can just start with that eternal question of asking you to introduce yourself in your own, in your own words, and what, what is the magic that you bring to the world? Ah, well, that's, that's a nice, nice question, a nice leading question. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm Neil, I'm Neil Seligman, and um, I started out my life um, really interested in, in meditation and yoga um, as a teenager. And, um, and very early on in my late teens, I um, came across Reiki, and it really sort of exploded my my world and my understanding um of of i guess the human experience um and i was also on the path to becoming a a civil law barrister 
So I had this sort of little bit odd um, combination of, of interests and activities that I was doing. So I you know, ended up practicing as a barrister in London uh, for eight years, whilst always, uh, always kind of retaining this, this passion for the esoteric, um, for that, that inner world. Um, and um, it, it was eight years into my career that I had this insight, which, which led me to almost in an instant giving up my legal career um, and, and moving into a process of finding, um, well, it's not really my new work anymore. I don't know why I still call it that sometimes. <laughs> Maybe because it feels new every day, like it's emerging still. But um, you know, over a bit of a process, um, I I came to this this idea that the conscious professional was how I was going to kind of place myself in the world, um, and um, so that's that's really what I've been doing since then is bringing some of the gifts, I guess, of the esoteric world and mindfulness, meditation. Um, and all of the things that I learned through the different wisdom traditions that I touched into over the years, um, trying to distill that into how, how it can be of service in um, the corporate world, in the world of, of work. Um, and um, so, yeah, that's really been my, you know, my one foot in the professional world, one foot in the East Turret world and trying to kind of combine them and make, make both relevant. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, that's kind of how I spend my time, sort of doing trainings and coaching and, and writing on this topic yeah. um, as well. So yeah, that's me. Probably too long an answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's perfect. I'm curious, how is it or how has it been to straddle those two worlds? Like, how has it been to dance with the esoteric world and the corporate world? Interesting. <laughs> um, I can remember when I was... Um, I was still a barrister, so in my in my twenties, and um, I I would be out maybe with uh, some friends or meeting new people, um, and the conversation would maybe be initially about what I did for work, and I'd talk about being a lawyer and all the rest of it, and then somehow Reiki would come up, or I'd find a way of getting <laughs> it in. I was much more interested in that than than in the law, um, and uh, and people would quite often comment. Like, wow, your energy just completely changed when you started talking about yeah. Reiki than when you were talking about the law. And so I sort of came to identify that there was these two personas that I had learned to kind of live my life through and, and adopt. And um, so as much as my work being this sort of new emanation, it was also the kind of alignment of who I really was. It allowed me to experience an internal sort of integration mm. um, so yeah so that was interesting it was it was at some times quite difficult straddling those two different spaces yeah have you found throughout your journey and throughout the years of doing this work and straddling the two worlds that they've come closer together that it's easier to to weave the more intangible aspect into the the tangible world of corporates and business and trainings yeah i think um there was a shift 
that I sort of noticed and felt in 2012 when the business was born. Yeah. Um, there seemed to be a different level of permission to kind of start the process of talking about those things in professional spaces. And then there was a perhaps more significant upgrade of kind of welcoming of, of this work in 2016. Um, and then it's sort of, you know, the sort of 2016 to now has really been that journey of, of emergence of these practices into the mainstream where, you know, most companies that, um, you know, of a certain size will have some sort of well-being program. They probably offered some sort of mindfulness sessions along the way. Um, everybody knows what it is. Not everybody does it or is interested in it, but um, there's you know, part of um, just, you know, we, we know now that, that mindfulness um, is a useful tool, a bit like the gym. Uh, you know, in the 1950s, nobody used to go to the gym except for boxers. Mm. It was why, why would you go to the gym? And then gradually the science sort of caught up on physical exercise. They were like, well, actually, this is, this is good for everyone. Like, we can have stronger bones and better heart health and, you know, be fitter and do more of the things we love to do if we go to the gym. And suddenly now there's a gym on every corner in every city and, and all the different versions of fitness that have kind of spawned from there. Yeah. Um, and so it's the same with mindfulness. We're not sort of having to convince anyone that it's a good idea. Everyone sort of thinks it's a good idea now. It's just you either do it or you don't. And you know, that's kind of a, more of a personal journey. Um, so, so yeah, so it, it feels, it feels nice to not just be doing the, this is what it is mm. talk and yeah. to be doing more of the, and now this is how we can apply it yeah. to what, what we're doing to improve our experience of doing it and also to experience um, better outcomes mm. from the way in which we do it. Yeah. So that's always been more interesting to me. Yeah. yeah. And do you think you'll ever, there'll ever be a time or are you already seeing it in your, in your sessions and your workshops where these two worlds of the deeply esoteric and the corporate, I was going to say deeply corporate, but maybe that's, that's not the right way. But you know, that those two kind of aspects are coming together. Do you, do you sense that happening? Do you see that happening where it's, it's all one thing, one, one, yeah, one integrated whole. Maybe not all businesses, but some businesses. I'm curious to hear your your sense on that. Yeah, so, you know, I I think about, I think because I, my first training was a, as a healer. So I mm. you know, got to interact with the body as a kind of organic, living, dynamic process. Yeah. And often with an intention of bringing it to, to health or calm or center or whatever. And I think about businesses in the same way and also think about sort of global societies and the planet and sort of the ecosystem in the same way that it's sort of a um, movement towards uh, the evolution of consciousness is really the experience of coming into wholeness through the process of self-knowledge. More awareness comes into the system, see more truth of what's there. Uh, we start to heal the aspects that are, are broken or in the shadows and we bring them in and we bring more awareness and that brings more awareness and we bring others along. Um, and so this whole process of spirituality in business, even though you know that word is often a bit, um, people can be allergic to that word within the corporate sphere. 
we just talk about bringing more awareness into business, which is really the whole idea of mm. conscious leadership or conscious yeah. business. It's like, can we be more aware of yeah. ourselves, our behaviors, our impact, our outcomes? Can we be more intentional? Um, can we be humble and, and see where we've got this wrong? Um, and can we set off with the next foot in, in a better direction? You know, it's, it's all about bringing more awareness into the system. And so to me, whatever language you use, this is really the process of um, you know, coming to know oneself, which is the journey of, of inquiry and spirituality. The, the whole thing is really the same endeavor. Um, and you know, we get to, in a lot of ways, ex express that desire for self-knowledge into, you know, we're kind of hungry to make things and create things and you know, you see all the advancements in the world comes from that hunger, but there's also this hunger, which is, you know, sort of slightly underneath that, which is the hunger for, for self-knowledge and, mm. and to know the truth of our own nature. Um, and so that sort of partnership is really interesting um, to watch play out um, and for it to gradually come into more of our awareness. Mm yeah and, and i love that you just touched on conscious leadership too because what my i guess the sense that i have especially as you're speaking is you know when you initially when one initially touches on that concept of conscious leadership even from my experience there can be you know leadership brings such a evokes such strong words such strong images of what leadership actually is and you know, as you've said in your book, uh, I say, I say, and you do that kind of high hierarchical. I can't pronounce that word. Structure, <laughs> like a pyramid structure, let's say. Yeah. And and the way you're sharing it now, and the way your your book is, and what you speak in there is deeply rooted in what you just said: awareness and self knowledge and compassion and heart and heartfulness and and consciousness. So there's kind of a this this interesting thing that. That might happen, and for sure happened for me, is kind of taking the topic of leadership, but then kind of diving into what actually leadership means from that perspective, yeah. and realizing it's so deeply spiritual, it's so deeply ingrained in you know in the esoteric, in the the invisible, the intangible aspects of ourselves. It just opens up this whole new new doorway, and I and I, I feel like at least the way that you speak of it in your book very much brings those two worlds together you know it might not talk about reiki and angels and and energy but it weaves as you say like awareness into into all of that yeah, yeah. in fact the book um in its first planning stages was called self-mastery mm. um and um you know evolved into conscious leadership but um it's really the same journey which is yeah. why i always you know like to really reinforce that the exploration of leadership is is not for leaders um it's for humans you know it's for everyone um because you know you are the principal leader of your choices of where you place your awareness from one moment from this thought to the next thought is a leadership choice mm. um, you know, so um, it's it's really important, I think, that we, if we want to cultivate a new kind of generation um, of, of leaders coming from from a new paradigm, 
that we we all start from wherever we are bringing that attention into our own journey um because whether we like it or not people are watching what we do hearing what we say um following our actions if we're a parent then you see yeah. that every day you know as you know kids come up with things that you say and <laughs> horrify you and <laughs> come up with behaviors that you do and you get to see your own frustration kind of played out in the in the child um in front of you but you know this is this is the the inner work really it's just another kind of way in to thinking about this process of self-inquiry mm. beautiful i'm just gonna i'm gonna bring up some bits i highlighted in your introduction so i'm just gonna read out this power there's there's a couple of paragraphs that really struck me as beautiful introductions to your work and to to the the theme of conscious leadership and i'm i'm curious to just read for example one out and just dive into that a little bit more with you so the world is crying out for leaders who are conscious aware awake connected we need leaders that understand that leadership is not about i say and you do but about i welcome and we create in short, conscious leadership, conscious leadership is first on the dance floor of presence. Mm, I welcome and we create. That is so beautiful. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, the leader really is responsible to set the vibrational field out of which what occurs next can emerge. Um, and so, you know, when we have leaders who uh, relate to us in the paradigm of, of fear or control, then it immediately narrows the framework of mm. what we can bring. We're kind of left really as the cog in the machine to do as told and, you know, hopefully get it right. I mean, we get it wrong and then we're afraid of what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but if we can come with this kind of openness to welcome everyone's genius forward, that's the space in which you, know, you get this rich emergence of ideas. And then of course the, you know, the leader may have to take responsibility and say yes to this, no to that, this way, not that way, and so on. Um, but it's really about allowing people to, to emerge as their full selves and to feel safe to do that. Um, you know, particularly in the workplace, that's quite, can feel quite high risk and feel quite vulnerable as we bring more of ourselves. And I talk quite a lot about, um, you know, the paradigm of, of people going to work armored, mm. you know, with a barrier between who they really are and their function that they're there to output in a certain way. And then they go home and have their real life. But, you know, and, um, you know, is there a way in which we can actually draw more from, this kind of network, this resource, the principal resource of the business, the people, the minds, the imaginations. Um, and, and that comes from a space of, of um, conscious leadership and, and that desire to welcome that which is as yet unseen and unsaid. Mm. And is there, is there a practical way that people can do that? The I welcome and we create specifically? Yeah, so it's... Um, sort of resides in the intentional space. Yeah. So, you know, we can set an intention for ourselves. I mean, you can talk about this out loud in a meeting, 
and you know it doesn't have to be complicated <laughs> you know, it's my job to sit here to create a space for us to come together and to let each of you know that all of your ideas and thoughts are welcome here mm. you know, there are no wrong ideas it's that sort of energy you can be explicit about it um but then you also have to live it through you can't shoot someone down um, and embarrass them because actually you know, it didn't accord with what you were hoping for you know it's mm. a lived experience so it's a it's not an easy practice um but it's something that we can open to um and experiment with um because it takes takes a little bit of time to get used to new ways of of communicating and then to to embody that you know we really want to get to the stage where we can walk in a room and vibrationally everyone knows that this is the state that we welcome and it's already happening in the field we don't need to say it but um initially we might need to say it to remind ourselves what we're doing and to let people know what's happening hmm. so that's when you talk about the dance floor of presence by being present and open and receiving welcoming all ideas all impulses everything that comes in that yeah. moment is that right yeah yeah exactly um you know there's a lot of a lot of brains in the corporate world that are more in that sort of energy of of fear and scarcity surviving you know not doing the wrong thing trying to do the right thing um and and presence is is much more opening than that it's it's sort of different vibrational quality to it um, and so it's, you know, the leader, it's a bit like in, in te teaching meditation. As the teacher, you're kind of the first tuning fork. Mm. So if you're there in, in distraction and upset, you know, you, you're going to vibrate that through the class. But if you're first on the dance floor of presence, the group already has something to tether to um and you know non-verbally will start to come into vibration with you um as well so it's that same sort of idea um my my teacher um georgina eden she she talks about this idea um of you know really having taken care of yourself so that when you go into a situation like that you're generative so you don't actually need anything from anyone your energy is generative it's self-perpetuating you've taken care of yourself in such a thorough way um, that your presence is this kind of gift that others can draw from um, so you know it's it's kind of that idea but it's you know this is something that takes time to cultivate you know there are practices which are required to allow that potential to arise mm. um, it's not just oh this is a nice idea let's give it a go kind of need to figure out you know what what are the foundational aspects for me to get yeah. me into that place yeah then there's a real responsibility that comes isn't it there's a real sense of you know be wanting to or desiring to to hold that space may it be in i don't know a workshop or a session or or a, a group a corporate meeting there's a real sense of of personal responsibility from from the leader when the person is going to hold that space and i love that your book really goes into that as well there's lots of you know it's very clear kind of the the, the different paths or not the different paths but the ways that one can develop those practices and can mar you know, 
master or develop at least those aspects of themselves. Yeah, exactly. We were all on that journey of, of developing. Um, and for most of us, it's just about, you know, what's, what's the new practice to bring in now and, you know, mm. to, to play with and to cultivate. And you know, certainly in my life, my practices have, have changed and evolved so many times and, and keep doing so. And, um, often I learn the same thing over and over again, because I've forgotten it, but I've learned <laughs> a different way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, other, yeah. Other time. Yeah. Sometimes I read things I wrote and I was like, wow, that's that really makes sense. And they're like, I wrote that. <laughs> yeah. I must have known that at the time. <laughs> well, I've had that experience of reading a journal that's like four years old and it's the same or very similar experience that you're going through. Or very similar yeah. thoughts and questions, just a different aspect of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So just to read like the second paragraph, which is on the same page. This then is the new paradigm of leadership that you are invited to investigate, co-create and move into your world. While conscious leadership sets the bar high, it also meets you exactly where you are. There are no access requirements apart from a curiosity to explore and the courage to look within. Mm. I love that. It's kind of what you've already touched on, that sense of being curious and having that having the courage to pause and to to explore or do the practice or do the work that is required in our own unique journey, our own yeah. unique path to to be able to hold that open, creative, collaborative space. Yeah. And often, you know, not everyone is is as excited and interested and passionate in spirituality and self-exploration is, is your eye um so you know it's often people sort of realizing that they've got somewhere in their life and their current strategies don't work anymore yeah um and and you know it's just sort of important to acknowledge that um it does take courage to look in a different direction or to try and find solutions elsewhere and that sort of call to inner work um you know there's there's a lot of work in it as you mm. as we both know like it's it's not always comfortable um there's lots of aspects of ourselves that you you know you have to kind of work through and um and look at and and it doesn't really end either it's like there's the onion that sort of keeps on peeling but that that's how we how we grow and develop by seeing those those shades um so so yeah so it's it's i think always important to honor the rhythm of our own unfolding mm. and um you know and then your curiosity is what kind of drives you forward and um yeah so i like to kind of leave little crumbs here and there for people to uh find their way into it in their own way mm. um because yeah not everyone has the same interests mm. And do you see that? Do you see that in the the groups that you run, the workshops that you run? Do you often see uh, very different kind of outlooks or on different stages of the journey? Some who might be, you know, already doing, let's say, Reiki and spiritual practices, and some who are just on the just at the beginning of their journey. And and how do you navigate that when there's a group of people who are doing, who are on different parts of their their path? Yeah, yeah. So there is always a. Um, 
a big mix um you know sometimes you do courses and everyone has to go to it so you get a real mix sometimes you do courses and it's voluntary so you get people generally who are more interested in it will come and um you know the people that aren't there yet just won't won't come yeah um, but i try and sort of aim for a something for everyone type of approach where where people are there because they have to be there um and so you know people might not engage so much with the kind of idea of, of bringing self-awareness or kind of um you know developing a new style they might be perfectly happy with the, the style that they're in um but there might be some other aspects of you know how we talk about resilience or emotional intelligence and you know the science behind it sometimes reaches people before the practices do or the outcomes do um so so yeah so it's it's really about trying to meet meet people where they are and and have different sort of ladders into into the work mm. Mm. yeah and i guess by opening those those doors of curiosity and possibility you kind of invite them to follow their own instinct or their own kind of sensitivity yeah yeah i mean with the with the corporates you know one of the principal things that i talk about is um this idea of you know excellence being such a high value in the professional world um and how i'd noticed that during during my career early on that there seemed to be a lot of external excellence but i didn't see as much internal <laughs> excellence uh in the people around me mm. um yeah. and you know that was one of the um things that i was looking for is looking for kind of role models um who were able to hold both um i think they're quite hard to find um and and you know poss possibly still are it's you know it's quite an unusual thing um but you know i think it's something that there's more and more of these days um but that was something that i was kind of hungry for and so when i explained to professionals that you know all we're doing in the pursuit of, of mindfulness and self-awareness and so on um is bringing the same degree of excellence that we bring to our external experience into our internal experience um because you know i worked with a lot of professionals one-to-one -one, um, and i know that often the external excellence is not matched by an internal state of well-being or joy or happiness yeah often someone's incredible at their job but actually their experience of outputting their work is quite frenetic or chaotic or anxious. Um, and so the experience, their lived experience of the day, their primary environment of their own consciousness, even though everyone else is saying, well done, you know, you're amazing at this. Um, it's not a pleasant one really to hang out in. Yeah. Um, and so it's about kind of, well, can we, can we bridge that divide? We've got a lot of training in how to navigate this world maybe we need a bit of training in how to navigate this one um and my thesis or my hypothesis is that if we are able to bring more excellence to our inner world that our external capacities increase as well um and also the you know the sort of impact of them um improves because it's coming from a space a more peaceful space yeah um so yeah so we talked to them about 
know, this paradigm of you know can we be powerfully peaceful as a sort of energy rather than the sort of white knuckle ride of excellence grounded mm. <laughs> and powerfully peaceful as we're emitting this excellence can we match it with our internal state mm. yeah no, i get that from you it's beautiful that you know we always teach what we also have to go through and i really feel that from you as well that power i'd say the peaceful power powerful peacefulness powerfully peaceful yeah. Powerful, yeah. powerfully peaceful yeah so what yeah. has been your journey to to that with that 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 dance of at the inner excellence and the outer excellence and and finding that power and that peace within yourself how's that been for you um so I suppose if I look back on my career in my early 20s when I was first practicing as a barrister um there's a certain power that you have to stand in in order to represent your clients cross-examine witnesses um you know accuse people of, of things um there's a certain sort of energetic uh, role that you have to inhabit in order to do that in a way that's professional um and somewhat um it's not detached but it it's coming from a sort of non-personal part of you mm. because you're the voice piece of someone else so it's it's not me personally that's saying you did this on that day it's our cases that you did this on, on that day but i'm still sort of embodying the truth of that and if you come back at me you're going to feel like i really believe that i'm right and that you're wrong so i'm really embodying that truth um and i think the the aspect of that power there's an aspect of that role and uh it's not necessarily a bad thing but it just is what it is that is quite disconnected and discompassionate because i'm actually inhabiting a uh, artificial place mm. i'm standing in the place where my client's case is true i'm going to embody the truth of that to push that on this witness or on their case and then the judge is going to decide that you know the other side is going to do the same to us and the judge is going to decide you know who stood up best to to this and who did the judge believe so i'm in this artificial place but the sort of pursuit of that even though we can do it in a professional clinical appropriate way um there's still an aspect of that power which is disconnected discompassionate um and and therefore harmful you know people sometimes go through the trial process and are harmed by it and not saying that there's anything wrong with the process but there's just some the reality of it um so that was interesting because obviously you know you get to experiment with that power and be part of it and then you know what i noticed is in my reiki work i was very much in healer mode compassion love um you know the intention is to be with someone to witness someone to really listen and you know very sort of feminine energy um and the other very masculine and i feel in my my person i i you know stand in both of those energies i like you know that sort of combination of that is very much me but i had to kind of be in one or, or the other a little bit 
And then as I developed my, uh, my work as the conscious professional, I felt this sort of integration of masculine and feminine, and I could stand in the role of, of, of teacher or speaker or coach um, and hold both of them, hold the kind of um, flow of both of those different aspects um, and also feel that sort of sense of, you know, the, the power is, doesn't come from any sort of push. It comes from the practice because I'm able to stand stably in front of a large group of people and be centered and in my fullness and also to express with an intention of compassion and care um, things which might challenge people or you know, uh, inspire them to new things or whatever. Um, so that, that kind of journey again was in, an integrating journey for me personally. Um, I never really thought about that before. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I can really sense it. And I can really see it as just sharing your journey. I actually feel quite felt quite moved by it actually the that the 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 gentle shift of that power that is as you said kind of very a bit pushing but still there's there's still a beautiful power in it to like you know integrating it with that that peacefulness that compassionate that loving awareness it's yeah there's really something quite i don't know magical about it that i, I feel as you're speaking and, and I also see and I also feel your especially conscious leadership as as a beautiful expression of that, like it's these two kind of worlds colliding, even those two words, you know, leadership, which brings up that that powerful, yeah. Yeah. often distorted idea of what leadership is and conscious, which again brings that awareness and that openness and that kind of compassionate space and those two words together. They just kind of I don't know, symbolize, you know, what, what we're going through as a collective and what we're moving into. And, you know, what your journey really symbolizes as well or shows that moving from, from one way of being, which is really power from a certain paradigm, a certain structure, isn't it? This yeah. is the structure, this is the process. And I, because of that, I can take this, this quote unquote power, I can feel it. And coming into a space where the power comes from what I understand, it comes from the self. It comes from the standing in, in your alignment with your purpose, with who you are, with your gifts, with your, your also perhaps mission or desire to, and beyond belief, your knowing of this work, which is why you can stand in front of all these, these large crowds of people that might not always be, you know, super open either. So quite, I'm, I'm guessing it's quite a difficult crowd, you know, that you have to face sometimes and yet you're able to stand in that presence. Yeah, I mean, people are usually very polite, but <laughs> that can hide a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, there's always going to be a mix, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, another one of these guys coming in to talk about this. You know, so there's there's that energy that exists yeah. there as well. Um, but I've had less of that than most people imagine. People mm. often ask. You know, how much pushback do you, do you get yeah. and it's actually pretty rare um and i think that those sort of shifts we talked about in sort of 2012 2016 yeah. but you really notice oh there's, there's an openness here even in the people that you know might expect um they're not to be um and also you know there's also the group 
um, in the corporate world, certainly, who were sort of meditating secretly for years. Yeah. Never talked to anyone about it. Yeah. And then suddenly they sort of feel a bit of permission. They can sort of come out as, oh, you know, I, I do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so it's not, um, it's not always expected how, how people mm. react to it. And that's a good point, actually, because, I mean, just there, and I'm sure, it, and I also perceive it in many of my peers, this this image or judgment of the corporate world, of, you know, the people that um, work in maybe more high-powered jobs or more uh, suits, suited jobs, let's say. And though I know in myself there is that perception that there's a closeness, there's a... People lose a bit of their humanity when my experience of it is not at all the case, not quite the opposite. Is that something that you've, I mean, just because you've been in that, let's say, world since, you know, university, have you experienced any of that within yourself or have you always been very, has it always been very easy for you to be um, in, in those environments? Um, I, I do feel comfortable in those environments. Um, and it was interesting because there was a gap of three years between when I had the insight that I was meant to do something else and, um, and the, the business being born. Um, but there was a bit of a healing process going on where I was healing sort of the being burned slightly by the process of of being in a role like that um which you know i wouldn't really have been able to name at the time but i can Mm. look back on it um because it sort of showed up when i was thinking about you know do i want to go back and work with you know lawyers or professionals or whatever there was a bit of a sense of i don't really want to go there to start with yeah and I had to heal that in myself. I sort of had to forgive myself for having put myself in that position and also take, you know, step back over several years to see, you know, the healthy aspect of it and the unhealthy aspect and how we can, you know, it's essentially, it's another ride we can go on as a human being. We can go yeah. take a top of the suit, <laughs> without a suit, and, you know, travel the world. It's, it's just another ride you're going on to experience yourself and live out your experience. Um, but I did have to heal that part of myself that was a bit burned by it so that I could then go back. This, you know, really the realization that I ended with was there's a lot of suffering in the corporate world and it's, it's a somewhat disenfranchised suffering is mm. we look to the people who are you know, the most successful and big salaries and fancy buildings and others. We'd look to them as the winners as the leaders yeah yeah and and we we may have you know judgments about that and and so on and um and and actually if you're in that world and you're looked at by everyone else as as a winner but you don't feel like you're having a winning experience um it can be difficult to seek help for that because they're very self-indulgent and um and so they can you know miss out on the care that they need to support themselves through something as challenging as you know working um you know long hours under lots of pressures and um all the rest of it mm. 
so you know that's where i got back to and and that's that felt like a good place to re-enter from yeah, but it yeah. was a bit of a journey yeah and then there's so much you know so much to learn from people who can be excellent on the outside you know, and there's this kind of rebalancing process versus and i i know versus might not be the right way of looking at it but looking at the the other side of say the ultra spiritual world or the esoteric world which might be not always but you know more connected inside but struggling to express that excellence on the outside and so there's this yeah. you know there's also so much that we can we can receive from people that are excelling in in the corporate world that's my experience as well to and been my journey to you know not reject one and just go for one but really kind of start to integrate and marry the two how to be in this you know in my alignment let's say more connected to my spirituality and my heart but at the same time creating structures creating ways of of communicating leading being that are excellent and yeah. not, not foregoing one for the other absolutely yeah and um, yeah the more i get to know people in all sorts of different realms and i've been in a few kind of networking groups that have sustained through you know the pandemic and stuff and been a real source of inspiration and community um so that you really just get a sense of the individual genius of people like mm. i'm always really impressed with that mm. um so yeah um there's definitely you know a lot a lot that the two you know the, the journey Courses wholeness and coming to integration. Mm. So you know, bringing bringing in excellence from all angles yeah. um, is is the way to kind of keep the focus. I think. Mm. Mm. Nice. And I feel this is a leeway into a last thing I wanted to talk about briefly, which is, and I feel there's a connection. I'm not sure why. <laughs> we'll see. I'm really drawn to, and I think these are yours, your photography on the walls. And I know you're a photographer and um, I would love to hear your journey with that as well. I'm sure there's been a, an interesting dance between that side of yourself yeah. and the creative and the, you know, connected to maybe the more intuitive and spiritual side. How has that been influenced by all of this learning yeah. and becoming the powerfully peaceful being that you are? <laughs> um, or aspire to be aspire sure. to be <laughs> um, the, um, yeah I mean I'm always a little bit nervous like even with the name of the business The Conscious Profession I was like wow that's a, that's a lot to try and hold it's like well it's sort of an idea that we're moving to I'm not saying I, I got this <laughs> just, just checking guys just sign here and you'll be fine <laughs> I yeah. got it um, yeah but the photography side um I started getting interested in that in about 2008 and um, and then yeah it was really quite important to me in that transition period between leaving my job as a lawyer and founding the business and you can see a lot of my healing journey in the photography projects that I did over that period of time um, and um, you know I was seeing my process really mirrored in the living world and i was you know really drawn to clouds and um still quite fascinated by clouds but photographed them a lot and just the the nature of change that they're mm. in the body. yeah um, and um yeah 
my sort of initial interest was sort of in more landscape stuff. And then I started collaborating with Stephen, now Neo Hart, um, who introduced me to spontaneous movement work. And we did uh, light drawings together. And, you know, it was just a really wonderful kind of creative exploration for me, having, having sort of, you know, been in that sort of professional trap of thinking I'm not a creative person. Um, and um, it, it started to grow as we worked together into a desire to kind of create my own process and, and that gradually sort of emerged. Um, so, so yeah, it sort of solidified into this, this process that I call soul portrait experience, um, which is a combination of healing, movement, dance, um, using photography, colored fabrics, create these kind of vibrational imprints um, of the moment in time and try and try and see people in their soul essence. So rather than just taking a picture of their, their soul or their aura, um, I'm really looking to, to invite them into their soul expression and capture, mm. capture them in that. Um, and then the, the photographs become these kind of souvenirs of, of that aspect of themselves, almost a personal tarot um, appears in the images. Um, so yeah, that's, that's been something that was just a really unexpected, uh, emergence. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, really, really useful one that, you know, just sort of allowed me to see what, what more was inside me and yeah. what more possible yeah. when I get fine and yeah. listened and, you know, open to it. Yeah. So what's the, this is, I think, where the connection comes in. What is the connection between that developing our creativity in this context, your photography and conscious leadership and the, those, the principles of conscious leadership? What can, what can one learn through their creativity to apply to that? So I often talk about the space of mindfulness being also the space of creation or mm. creativity. It's the same sort of field, mm. the field of potential. When we show up absent our judgments, thoughts, um, you know, everything sort of dissolves away. We're kind of left in this, this field of alive potential. And people sometimes think meditation is boring because you know, you're trying to go nowhere and do nothing. <laughs> Like, well, yeah, you kind of are. <laughs> um, but you actually end up in this in this field of potential which is so rich and yeah. um emergent. You know, we can really uh from that space be inspired and and touch in with aspects of self that are so alive and um you know are, are really in that space of uh, ideas and inspirations and um, you know, as we listen and, and feel, you know, those things can emerge into, into thoughts, into words, into actions, into they have specificity, like they come with all of these plans in them. And, um, so that, that's exciting. So that sort of space of, of mindfulness and creativity, again, is, is, you know, part of our exploration of awareness. Um, and then from a sort of conscious leadership perspective, when I'm doing a soul portrait, what I'm really trying to offer someone is a moment of such deep acknowledgement mm. and witnessing mm. of who they are in their essence, 
absent all of the tangles of personality and everything else um that we feel inspired to you know, bring the newness and the unique uniqueness um into the world to allow it to become more manifest um, and i think that's that's really you know, the journey of, of building self-awareness or conscious leadership is becoming everything that you are you know does that say you can't be anything that you want to be but you can be everything that you are um and i really like i really like that idea um that we're all in this process of becoming everything that we are and it, it emerges from the space of, of listening um of um residing in the stillness and that sort of emergent potential um and so th those are the links for me yeah yeah and i see that now in that quote, I welcome and we create it's that, that kind of space that you're inviting leaders to hold for their, their teams and businesses. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, because creativity, often professionals will say they're not creative because they don't draw or paint or do graphic design or something like that. But actually, problem solving and idea generation are creative processes happening within you. Um, and if you're good at those things, which most professionals are, then you're a hugely creative person. You know, the whole lived experience of life is a miraculous creation from start to end, and you are that. Hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, sometimes we just need to overcome some of our stories about our creativity. Like me, you know, I was very much lived in paradigm of I'm not creative. I had a small exception to being musical. So I was like, I'm musical, but I'm not creative. Um, but um, basically because my brother was really great at art and I couldn't draw things. So that was kind of became the story. And I had to overcome that. And I remember the first time I saw one of my printed images large, um, that I had a tear and I, I sort of recognized myself as an artist for the first time. Um, it was a really powerful moment of just sort of self-acknowledgement and i think we all we all have the artist within whether we express it through what we might consider a traditional creative paradigm or through our parenting or our love of our partner or our work or whatever um you know it's all it's all the same artistry mm. that's beautiful and i really see that link between that i mean for me it's the same thing that and leadership you know, that artistry, bring that into how we express ourselves and how we collaborate or co-create in the world. That's beautiful. Oh, thank you, Neil. Um, I guess a couple of last questions for you, the traditional ones. Is there anything that you want to add to all of this that we've touched on and, and how do people connect with you? Oh, well, just to say a big thank you for, yeah, welcoming uh, onto the podcast. It's been, yeah, a really beautiful conversation. I've really enjoyed connecting with you. You always create a really welcoming field to, to step into. So um, it's lovely to see and feel you doing that work of leadership as well. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and yeah, normal ways to connect the consciousprofessional.com is the main website. Um, for business inquiries, neilseligman.com is, is more the, the personal and one-to-one -one side of the work. 
Um, I've just opened a Facebook group called the Conscious Professional Mindful Community. Um, and I teach meditation each week in there um, live. So if anyone's interested, do feel free to, to join the group. It'd be lovely to welcome you in there. It's sort of anyone really who's interested in, in the world of mindfulness and the journey of conscious leadership is very welcome to join. Um, and then you'll find me on socials in the normal way. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Great. I'll make sure your links are somewhere around, <laughs> around the podcast in the notes. <laughs> Thank you, Neil. That was awesome. Yeah. Good luck with everything that you're doing and um, good luck with um, this new year and that and how it's, you know, what all the different shifts and transformations that we're going to be experiencing in all worlds from the corporate to, to the others, whatever they are. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Stay well. And yeah, look forward to connecting. Yeah.